Hello, is Joe Rosen still? Yes. Yes, yes, is he? Is indeed. All right. Yeah. Moose, How are moose you? and squirrel. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are, well, I mean, I woke up this morning. I was feeling a little stuffy, and so I'm like, uh oh, is that is that a thing? Is it going to be a thing? Is it uh, a cold? Do, do people in California get colds? Does that happen? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I actually am overdue for one because I didn't have one at all this winter so far. Um, I uh, I I decided to have a uh, sumo tangerine, um, which is a very large tangerine, uh, and then I had a uh, uh, cup of Russian breakfast tea. So. I, I didn't even know we were going to do Boris and Natasha bits. Uh, oh, yeah! Wow, it's uh, there's some some uh, weird communication going on there. What is what is uh, Russian breakfast tea, and how does it differ from English breakfast tea? I have no actual idea. Um, and also, my Russian breakfast tea comes from France, so uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's a Mirage Ferre, uh, a a fancy hoity-toity uh line of french teas and uh one of them is russian breakfast tea and i was like sure why not um because i tried other things that they make and i like them um there, there's another one called uh imperial wedding tea uh that one's real good but uh it's kind of uh on the sweeter spectrum um so i figured this would be more oh. of a basic black is it will. one of those uh like it, it's Okay, so there's this tea, and I don't even know what the crap is in it, but um, not crap, thank God. Um, but it's called Sweet and Spicy, and it's made, I think, by Good Earth. Um, let me see, Sweet and Spicy Tea. and Yeah, Good Earth Sweet and Spicy Herbal and Black Tea. So it's a black tea, and then whatever herbs they put in there, like, they stimulate the parts of the tongue that are your sweet receptors and so it tastes like they you know like you you dumped sugar into your tea and it's warming and it like clears your nasal passageways and it has this weird magical sugar taste and i very much love it um and i need to get some more because i went to go uh i hadn't drank it in a while and i went to go open up the last one and it had kind of like I don't know. It's it's um, very aromatic. So there are a lot of oils and the oils kind of did some funky stuff <laughs> and it just did not look good. It looked like I should not drink it. So, hmm. yeah. So that, that was an endorsement. <laughs> there there was an endorsement somewhere in there. Uh, no, I really do think folks should try that because it's, um, I don't know, it's just fascinating. It, anytime it's like this weird hack, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of miracle berry fruit tablets yes but yes that's so much fun uh and also terrible on the stomach because i ended up drinking like half a bottle of lemon juice using the miracle berry fruit tablets and my stomach was like i hate you man <sighs> so adventures in food and mm. drinks <laughs> uh yeah speaking of adventures in food uh oh my god something something came to my attention uh, I didn't. I didn't even ask for it to come to my attention. To be perfectly honest, this is um, true. This is my fault. And uh, I learned that uh, you like to eat food, including spaghetti, in the shower. Yeah, yeah. I'm stretching a little bit because I gotta. I gotta get ready for this. I've now had this conversation like five or six times. So, uh, 
well, long ago. You can see why people might inquire more when you bring Look, this up. It is. It's totally fair <laughs> that people would say, w -w -w what? Um, and I don't even think that I ever intended for the internet to know about my shower dining habits. Um, you made a diagram, ago, though. I did. But this, see, this was okay. So this is the story. Um, I've been eating in the shower for forever, and I actually one of my best friends in the entire universe. Um, she's an enabler because she is also a shower diner, and so I kind of thought it was just like this thing that sometimes some people did, and it wasn't this terribly horrible, confusing, perplexing thing. Um, and I am in uh, a Slack with uh, Relay folks as a Relay host, and I'm in a group chat with. Um, Yasmin Evian, who is a UX designer and a host of Material Podcast on Relay, and Russell Ivanovich, which he is also a host on Material and also is uh, the creator of, well, a co-creator of Pocket Casts app. Um, anywho, we're in a chat and I'm talking to them and I start talking about my food and how I eat it in the shower, and they both were freaking out about it. And so that was kind of like the moment when I realized that this was uh, going to be a problem, <laughs> like that this was a very, very strange thing. Um, so it was, it was like, here's the moment, Micah. You either own it or you bury it. And they were like, you know, some time had passed as I was explaining it and kind of laying everything out. And then they gave me the opportunity to say that I was totally joking and that I was trolling them. And I was like, you know what? I'm proud of the fact that I eat in the shower. And so I, you know, I told them that was the case. And I don't even know how it spread to the rest of the internet, but uh, alas, it did. And um, yeah, actually, I think it was Yasmin's fault. I think she she told uh, some some relay folks who then decided that they should pull it outside of the Relay Slack chat and talk about it on Twitter. And the rest, as they say, is history. But um, I knew I, I liked mean, Yasmin. Yes, she's, she's, uh, she's, she's great. She also doesn't keep secrets. Um, <laughs> but my main point, I, I, like I made the diagram for them. Uh, the one thing that everyone should take away from this is I think people overestimate the penetrative powers. Of, oh, is that the uh, word you want to use? <laughs> it is absolutely the word I want to use. The penetrative powers of steam and they underestimate the resiliency of food because anytime I talk about eating in the shower, they're immediately like soggy. Won't that get gross? Won't that get wet? And it's like, no, I, you, you don't spend like four hours in the shower, which is probably what it would take for the steam to like turn pizza into sog. And uh, as for spaghetti, which I, to be honest, I've only eaten spaghetti in the shower like twice, which I'm sure is more than enough for most people. But uh, usually what I am uh, chomping on in the shower is like, a, I don't know, something quick. Um, I do I do love a good popsicle in the shower, even though it gets uh, pretty messy. Anywho. Yeah, the spaghetti I, thing doesn't make any sense to me because you have a, a plate or a bowl. Mm -hmm. And then you have a fork, at least. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you're twirling that and eating it. And then what do you do with the fork and the plate or bowl? See, part of the, the thing is, like, you know, house hunters, um, part of my house hunters experience, part of the thing that I have to tell the, the realtor is I need, I need a shower that's equipped for my shower dining. No, that's not true. But uh, most of the time, I'm just like, I guess, lucked out in my case as someone who 
occasionally shower dines to have showers that have platforms where I can set things. And so I've got big hands, Joe, uh, giant <laughs> hands, not, not tiny hands, but giant hands. And so holding a bowl of spaghetti in my hand is not a very difficult thing. Now, the other thing to point out is like, sometimes I just, I know this is like terrible envi environment wise, but sometimes I just go in the shower I don't really need to wash because I've already done that. And I just just go in the shower to relax and occasionally I bring food with me. Um, if, it's, if it's the case where like it's a shower for cleaning and I happen to have food, then it's in stages. You start with the food, you finish the food, you set your bowl down on the, you know, the shelf, get your equipment, and then you take your shower. If it's a popsicle, you eat the darn thing. Uh, and then you set the popsicle stick on you know some surface in the shower uh if it's tea if it's wine if it's beer then the bottle or the glass or the mug just gets set down so yeah it's important to have lots of shelves if you're going to shower dine oh and big hands big hands uh, okay well <laughs> uh, you know i have to i'm going to have to address this whole thing again on uh disruption podcast because we had a listener send in a voicemail asking for clarification so uh this is the never-ending story uh but well, uh i mean yeah. at least people are asking they, they 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 want to to know the specific details of how this functions because uh you could you could be in a situation where everyone is just revolted and never wants to speak to you ever again so look at look at the positive side yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. There's yeah, they're not running away uh, in fear and yeah, we we accept yeah, you for terror. who you are, Micah. Well, we don't not... accept the activity you do, um, but uh, I'm but not we entirely sure that's the case. <laughs> I think there might be a few people who are like, I don't know about that person now. I don't know about that kid now. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's shower eating. Uh, if anybody, excuse me, if anybody has any further questions or. Uh, you know, wants to give it a go and needs some some step by step instructions. Uh, I've got a few diagrams and uh, I'm considering making more, so maybe I'll print a book. Well, <laughs> okay. We should what you re really do is come up with a uh, recipes that can be assembled while you're also in the shower oh to take the stress gosh. out of cooking. Shower prep. I love it. I love it. I don't. Yeah, because like I mean, okay. Do do you find shower showering and driving are two incredibly zen I don't know places for me to be or two zen existences for me and I find myself you know being more I don't know happy aware alive when I am driving and when I am showering it's like all of my brain focus is is there and available to me so I like to combine, you know, these different experiences together. I've talked to before about how I don't really get that much joy out of food. Food doesn't really, I don't know, it's, it's like why I can drink Soylent without caring about it. Because to me, a five star, a five Michelin star, whatever, whatever, is the same as like a bottle of uh, Soylent. So you mix that with the shower, which is a very enjoyable thing for me. And suddenly... Food has more joy. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about. I, oh, yeah. Do you like showers? Like, are showers um, a zen moment for you? Yes. But 
I don't know where we got to with showers and driving, because um, I I don't agree on that at all. Uh, uh, California. Well, not just that, uh, yeah. but but even when I was in Florida and elsewhere, uh, even if you're doing some long road trip on the highway and there's no immediate challenges to you, um, I I don't I don't enjoy it or find it a zen experience. Um, if I'm the passenger, then sure, zen, whatever. But if I'm driving, no, not so much. Uh, I, I, I don't enjoy it. Uh, and the sooner we get to driverless cars, the better. Uh, but there may be a roadblock in that, in that one of the companies who's propelling driverless cars uh, is Uber. And uh, they uh, kind of lied about maybe the the cars getting into accidents um, and saying it was a human error just, just so they could get around it and kind of sweep that under the rug. Um I don't I don't know the specifics of the the details of each of these accidents but uh it doesn't it doesn't seem like uh it is a company that has really prioritized um the well-being of its employees and uh the well-being of of the company when this information becomes public um it seems it seems mostly like a company full of horrible horrible dark secrets uh and uh that that that's not really comforting if i'm considering sitting in one of these things uh and letting it uh take me around it's like oh well w- would i just silently be swept off the road somewhere uh because swept the, off your feet yeah the, the car got into some accident and they're like oh we can't report this accident time to push this whole thing off the ravine um so i i don't know there's a, there's a certain aspect to that that doesn't make me comfortable with them being um what are the people who's participating in driverless cars? Uh, yeah. So speaking of that, um, I, 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 I don't know if I've mentioned it lately, but Uber is just the absolute worst company. Yeah. Like they just, they just, they just, you think, you think it's over and then they do something else. It does something else. You know, their bosses, the executives do something else that just takes things farther down the disgusting uh slimy rabbit hole yeah. and they i ugh, they just it just the company grosses me out yeah literally our last episode we had talked about uh the scandal surrounding delete uber over um travis the ceo's uh participation in uh trump's uh advisory board panel thing um, and uh, his reaction to uh, some of the protests and uh, all of all of that behavior, um, and then it got worse. Uh, mm. I know we recorded two weeks ago, but <laughs> it feels like an eternity in Uber time because they they there was a, a piece that went out uh, from uh, Susan J. Fowler, who was a uh, uh, an engineer working for them um, on some uh, specific areas of the company. Uh, And it got a little confusing when you're reading her story and you're like, wait, was this the whole company or just the division that she was in and when she transferred, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I think it's really important to read it because uh, Mm -hmm. she has no real motive in coming out and saying this other than to inform people uh, because she's not suing the company. Um, She uh, is, she has a new employer um, so she has distance between herself and her old employer. She has documented everything. Should anyone come after her with this stuff, the Uber CEO acknowledges that they will be investigating her claim specifically and takes it very seriously because nothing like that would ever happen at his company. And uh, he, they've got Eric Holder on the case, who is also 
a lawyer for them sometimes and some other things uh, for defending the company. So it seems like maybe someone slightly more independent. But you know, it's Eric Holder, so I don't want to. I don't want to question um, his his uh, his ability to be impartial. Um, they do have Ariana Huffington, who is a board member, going around and talking to people, which I also don't think is great because I think like even though she might be outraged, the sort of advice she might give might be more in tune with things that are positive for the company. Uh, but who knows? Who could say? You know, uh, we'll have to see what the results of this investigation are. There's also uh, two of the VCs that back the company came out to speak against the company. They don't feel like they're doing enough uh, and that these have been issues for some time. Um, and this is verifiable. You can go look up uh, stories about Uber and women and things. And um, they're, all, they're, not, they're not all great. Uh, but the, the Susan J. Fowler thing is uh, unsurprising um, because because pers- this is the sort of thing that uh, women have accused uh, not just Uber but several other companies of in the past. Uh, it's just that this sort of thing usually gets swept under the rug or uh, the concerns are not taken very seriously. Um, I, I feel like this time is slightly different because people seem to be paying attention uh, to the way the information was relayed. Uh, Susan J. Fowler uh, wrote uh, very clearly about her experience, I think, other than, you know, like I said, I wasn't 100% sure which division she was in at the time that certain things happened. But uh, the, the details of her experience and the order that things went through with talking to other women at the company who were also experiencing issues stemming from uh, similar people who had been reported but uh, had been told that it was a first-time offense uh, every time they had reported this one guy and then he finally went but they don't know why what finally caused the guy to go uh, and there were other instances and uh, things about uh, being threatened with uh, retaliation if she w- were to go forward with reporting somebody to HR um, which is uh, as many people have said not not legal um, and that uh, it is it is a bad thing for the HR department um, to be protecting what well to do what they think is protecting the company by trying to stifle um, the complaint rather than trying to protect the company by following through on the complaint uh, because when you don't follow through on the complaint uh, you can do things like this uh, that lead to these bad things and in an effort to protect the company you have put the company at risk um, because it's not just a PR thing like uh, Susan J. Fowler could have sued them um, mm-hmm. and uh, it becomes a legal thing <laughs> yeah and so it, it's it's very important I think for people to realize that uh, and there was a an anonymous um, media post that went up from uh, someone named with the pen name Amy Vermentino um, Vermentino like the wine but uh, she that post um i i it's it sounds like it's in the same vein as susan's stories so i'm inclined to uh believe it even though we don't know the details of this person but um you know you you have to unfortunately take that with a grain of salt because uh it is anonymous so someone who is upset at the company could have written that in that way but I am inclined to believe, based on everything else, that it is the case. Uh, there is also uh, th- there was also a tape, a dash cam tape that was released by 
uh, an Uber driver, uh, a man um, who was driving an Uber Black, uh, which Travis uh, Kalanick, the CEO, was taking uh, around town with a, a two um, friends uh, who were with him in the car. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, once the ride was over and Travis was leaving, there was a confrontation between him and the driver, verbally uh, a confrontation uh, over... Uh, details about the company because he had the CEO there, so he felt like it was a good time to lodge his complaints. Um, I, you know, I, here's the thing. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with filming Travis uh, in this context. Uh, I don't I don't think you should just film people in a private setting, uh, right. and I do feel like the car is a private setting. Um, however, since Travis chose to respond uh, to the video... Uh, in a, an internal memo that was released outside um, that he acknowledges he shouldn't beha have behaved that way and that it was bad and uh, that he is seeking uh, help from other CEOs um, as to what to do. Uh, you know, it's like, even when you want to say something like, oh, nobody should have filmed Travis, at the same time, you're like, wow, this guy doesn't get it, does he? Um, so, exactly. yeah, uh, he, he, that, that's, that's circulating, and that's from yesterday. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen this afternoon or tomorrow or the day after, because I feel like they have a closet full of skeletons, uh, and all of the skeletons are falling out of this closet. It is, it is overpacked. Uh, there, there's too many skeletons in this closet. Way too many. I think, um, uh, yeah, I definitely, I get where you are coming from in terms of, uh, you know, the, the kind of skeezy wrongness that one feels about uh, people filming people without their permission. Um, I do also think that, uh, you know, I do adhere to the belief that public figures do to a certain extent give up some of their privacy and more importantly when someone is clearly a repeat offender on uh doing some not so great stuff uh i think public interest is is uh a very good argument in that case like personally i would hate to be filmed absolutely and i you know wouldn't want a conversation i was having with someone uh suddenly published online um, but I also do my best not to, not to be a, you know, a, a terrible person who's done some very questionable things. So yeah, yeah. uh, I, like I definitely see where you're coming from and, you know, where people who are kind of speaking out about that at least are coming from, um, Oh well, but uh, I, I don't, there's so much of a reasonable rights privacy, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't mean to say that, um, it's wrong completely. I just mean like. I can understand why people would be uh, grossed out by it and that I wouldn't want to be filmed in this manner. Um, but at the same time, I can't anticipate behaving like this or be in a position of power over this person who's driving the car. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I'm upset with that driver. I just I feel like this gets into a gray area where there is going to be public good that comes out of this because this puts pressure on Travis, who I feel like is, if not the source of the problems at the corporate culture uh, related to this company, that he's he's at least enabling um, all of these other problems. Because 
it's one clear thread through everything, through the harassment, through through uh, his adversarial tones here, through um, the harassment of journalists in the past, um, etc. It, it's it's basically every negative thing you could list about Uber it all comes from uh, this weird uh, ends justify the means, protect corporate culture, protect high performers, uh, you know. Do do it for yourself. People will complain about you. Screw them, etc. Um, and I, I feel like that's why they have so many of these skeletons in the closet. Um, is because of this uh, continued behavior. Um, and as Travis said in his apology to uh, his employees and others, uh, that uh, he's going to try to you know it's time for him to grow up. Um, he's forty years old. <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. He's forty years old. Um, it, it, saying it's time for him to grow up, little little too late, bubs. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I can't I can't hear that because like my uh, people know I'm a youngster. My sister is younger than I am, and I don't know. Like my little brother is younger than she is, and they've grown up like in what he's describing in you know treating people as equals and uh not it, it, yeah that just it holds no that just makes me laugh and again say he really doesn't get it <laughs> yeah i've, I've seen thing. more fake remorse from children than right he, he, the, the better fake remorse from children um he's 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 a serial offender in this case uh he gets caught and then it's like oh i'm so sorry i don't know how this could have happened it's like uh dude i know exactly how this could have happened <laughs> Like, yeah, and it's, it's you. <laughs> you know, saying that is not him. You know, apologizing. Who knows if you know this is finally the time where things actually do change versus just continuing to do, hoping that oh well, we did that slap on the wrist and we said our apology dance or we did our apology dance rather, and uh, now I'm going to go back to being terrible and doing terrible things. I mean, it's it's very. There's a lot more friction involved with changing uh, who you are and, you know, what your beliefs are and what your, more importantly, like what your motivations are and priorities are. And it's very clear that uh, he prioritizes in terms of the company, the company over anything else. And it's all about performance and things like that. And so if you've got someone, some manager who's allegedly a favorite of his, uh, it's hard to get rid of that person, even if they're an absolutely terrible person. That's not great. And apologizing and saying you're going to, you know, seek out, uh, you know, assistance and help and uh, some advice. I hope that that advice is taken. And I hope that the, you know, that he actually does uh, seek out help and, implements it that's what i i just there seems to be no real uh no real thing that's that's more than a slap on the wrist i guess no no consequences that have pushed far enough to be enough to kind of like snap him out of it or i don't know snap him into it because even with the delete uber campaign what did they do? They immediately started sending people to a page where they talked about, well, you have to you have to give us cookies because we did this and we also did this. Now, before you delete your account, you should also know that we finally did comment on this and we said this. So please don't delete your account like that is just 
continuing to be the same kind of company with the same kind of ideas in the first place and not actually getting it. Like this yeah. guy just does not get it. No, and you bring up a good point with the uh, when the original delete Uber campaign was going on about the immigration ban, um, uh, they put that up on the account page where it says, "Oh yeah, you want to delete it, but th- we'll explain that we did, we did, we are doing all this stuff now because we heard you, because um, it was an effort to curtail people from deleting." Um, I think it probably just reinforced people's feelings that the company was skeezy. Uh, but then you flash forward to the Susan J. Fowler thing and more people were deleting their accounts and they put uh, a statement up about what they're going to do with uh, Eric Holder, et cetera, uh, for people deleting the accounts then. Um, so also weird because <laughs> why, why, why? I, I mean, I can't imagine it's really helping with customer retention. Like if you've made up your mind at that point, um, unless, unless you only, I guess, heard like something from a month ago and you're like, oh yeah, I, I heard that they, they did this terrible thing with the immigration ban and he's still on the board and you're like, oh, he's not on the board anymore. I'm fine with everything else. It's just like, I don't know necessarily, um, how, how all of this stuff is, is going to add up to make anyone not delete their account. Um, it just, it, it just sort of sounds like apologizing for things that were preventable, um, that uh, yes. that you're you're sticking to, uh, and uh, there was also another weird controversy um, where uh, Uber uh, was sued uh, by Waymo, a subsidiary of Alphabet, uh, which is Google, which is complicated to say, but because uh, <laughs> they there was a guy who was working at Waymo who downloaded like what was it gigs of plans and data for circuit boards and stuff uh for their self-driving car project and then went over to uber with all of this data oh yeah that's not great just all kinds of bad like one company to have all of these i mean this is kind of what we talked about even leading up to to discussing it on this episode it's like are we ever going to get to talk about this before 12 other things come out about this company and i'm sure we're going to see more and more uh I mean, and there are some like serious, so when I say serious, I mean serious to the executives who clearly do not care about, uh, you know, equal rights. So, you know, casting aside equal rights, some serious things to them include things that can hurt them business wise. And we've got some very serious things here. This is, this is uh, illegal offenses. And I don't know, just how... (laughs) There's a lot going on in Uber and a lot of bad stuff going on in Uber. Yeah. And so in addition to this lawsuit where, in essence, Google is suing Uber, um, there is another uh, – and the, the how they found out about this was that uh, one of the third-party contractors who was making a circuit board uh, had accidentally sent them the plans for Uber to Waymo um, to – I forget what the detail was to to like correct something or whatever. They had accidentally set this attachment along to the wrong person. Uh, and they're like, uh, hey, this is our circuit board. Um, and so that's what actually caused this lawsuit to come about. Um, and uh, in addition to that, there's another peculiar wrinkle between Google and Uber in that um, a, uh, a former executive at Uber, I'm sorry, a for, former executive at Google, uh, who is now a former executive at <laughs> at uber uh he had left and gone to uber uh and then uh 
on the self-driving car project, even though he had been on uh, the search team uh, at Uber, uh, at Google. Ugh, sorry. Uh, and uh, apparently, uh, the reason why he had left Google was that he had resigned uh, over some credible, at least they were saying internally, credible allegations of harassment um, by by an employee, uh, and that he chose to resign rather than uh, follow through with the investigation. Uh, and then he went over to Uber, but he did not disclose this to Uber when he was hired. Uh, and so when uh, Recode, um, and I don't know if it was Kara Swisher specifically, but she wrote the piece, so I'm assuming it was her, had reached out to Uber for commentary on uh, whether or not they knew they had hired uh, this executive uh, who had this uh, harassment uh, situation before he had left Google. Um, they apparently did not know about it. Uh, and so they fired him on the grounds that he had not disclosed that to them during the hiring process. Uh, I'm assuming that that happened solely because of all of this other stuff that's going on, um, and that or that he might not have been fired under these circumstances prior to these other events. Uh, but but you know that's that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's all very strange. Uh, it just adds up to the the totally strange. The craziness that's going on over there um I, I probably shouldn't have used that word i mean uh the 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 bizarro nature of things that are that are happening at uber um and the uh, and whether or not anybody knew about any of this stuff uh is is <sighs> so strange although i am inclined to believe everybody knows about it and they're just like rubbing their hands together evilly and just like yes we're awful <laughs> high performers rule <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of where I am about the whole thing because it it's just so much happening that is so gross and they've just I don't know, I've just felt I mean, I used to work as like a full-on journalist, not just a tech journalist, but um doing, you know, all categories of journalism and that's whenever Uber's whole hubbub came out about them attacking that journalist and saying they're going to use a bunch of money to dig up dirt and all that disgusting stuff. And I've been skeezed out by the company since then, and it just keeps piling on. Um, and I, I'll be re I mean, I, I could, this is, this is, uh, at least in Las Vegas. Um, I, we spoke to Lyft and Uber drivers as in they drove for both companies uh, they had both stickers on their car. This was not not this year's CES, but the year previous. Um, and it just felt like we were taught we were in the car and we were having a conversation. And the driver ended up bringing up uh, Uber and Lyft, and we're kind of talking about the two companies. And I was curious if there would be a pattern. And I started asking every single driver and said, you know. I've, Obviously, I'm not going to use your name in anything, so you don't have to worry about that. But I, I just would like to know, um, which do you prefer to drive for and why? And every single one of them said that they preferred Lyft because they felt like they were treated. And I, I kid you not, I heard this exact, well, not this exact quote, but this exact word at least three times over the course. They felt like they were treated like human beings. And I think that, in a nutshell, explains the like that's that's Uber not treating people like people and just being cons concerned about the bottom line and casting aside 
humanity or any of that for the sake of of pushing that bottom line. So yeah, I mean, there might be people strapped to train tracks and they might be shaking their hands or I mean, rubbing their hands together and uh hawing and it would not surprise me if that was the case. Uh, just the the company is gross and I uh, they're just gross. They're gross. They're gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the drivers. I like. I want to be clear about that. And I think we've even talked about this before. And I've talked about it on other podcasts. I I know that there are people who literally make a living or make you know a supplementary income. They get by because of driving for Uber or any you know ride sharing service. Uh, when I'm talking about gross, I'm talking about the company and its executives and the, you know the, the the decisions that the company is making. Um, I don't have any judgments about any drivers for uber um i've not had any nightmare stories so <laughs> i can't i can't say anything negative about uh uber drivers yeah no and i i mean when we're very specifically talking about the the corporate culture of of uber itself because remember all of the drivers are basically contractors that can be cut off from the network at a moment's notice um so uh there i don't they 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 go out of their way to make them not employees, um, even though they, you know, should maybe be considered that. And that's also why you see both stickers in in cars, uh, because they'll they'll take whatever ride they can get to to do that with, because they they aren't strictly speaking employees of either company. Um, now Lyft had it as the further complication of uh, uh, Peter having Peter Thiel as one of the investors, um, which is always a just a lovely thought but i mean there's really no way to get around uh interfacing with companies that have anything to do with peter Thiel at this point um and uh i know that a lot of people would say defensively of uber like uh oh well you think taxis are so great um like <laughs> the, the taxi unions and lobbies and stuff they they do some some bad things too like uh they'll you know, curtail public works projects uh, for rail lines and stuff because they fear it will cut down on people using the taxi cabs and et cetera. Like, uh, there's there's a somewhat useless metro line that goes from um, that goes by LAX, um, but not to LAX. It's called the Green Line. Um, and it's just sort of does this weird, funny little uh, downward L turn angle uh, as it gets close to the terminal. <laughs> it's just like oh. You poor thing. You could have made it, but you didn't. Um, and and that's because they were lobbied to not connect the two. Um, wow. So yeah, they they it's it's because they they are protecting their things. Uh, and so I'm not saying that any particular company is a good company in this, but uh, w w there are a lot of things to think about that are negative when you're talking about Uber, uh, especially things that have come to light recently, but things that have happened in the past um as well that that reinforce things that are happening currently as being bad um so uh yeah i, I mean i i'm not comfortable uh using their service uh but uh i don't i don't mean that as a judgment against them because who knows maybe they'll turn it all around maybe travis will be like okay so i've damaged this company to the point where i need to leave it um and then he's gone. And then we can we can talk about whoever the next person is and how they're going to clean it up. I don't think that's going to happen because I think Travis is going to take this thing to his grave. But right. uh, <laughs> there's there's a there's an element of that where it's it's just like I who's to say how they will go about addressing this in the future. But since I don't get the feeling that this is that these are 
Travis's priorities in any sense other than public relations that uh, I, I, I'm not really comfortable it's, with him. It is all, it's all lip service. It's all lip service. I, I believe that wholeheartedly that if this is like at a base level, his, uh, I don't even, I, I, science, I don't know, his, his uh, default would be to not do anything at all. And it is only because there's someone um, poking at him that he's even making any sort of, of move. And if he could go back and keep all of this, you know, under wraps, then it would continue that way. There are some leaders who are motivated to improve upon companies and, and uh, improve, you know, the, the living of, what am I trying to say? Improve the happiness of their employees. And I, from everything that we've seen, I do not believe that this is a, a leader who does that. I think um, if there was an opportunity to just stay static, that's exactly how it would be. And honestly, I think that uh, the only sort of dy dynamism right now uh, is coming from his mouth. <laughs> and the, the movement uh, stops, starts and stops there. Everything else is static. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it would take to, to really make a change there. But because um, like the, the one thing that I could think is more terrible things coming out. And it's like, good golly, do we have, like, do people have to keep getting, I'm, I can't put it any other way, getting the shaft at this company in order for things to improve? That sucks. I don't want to wish that on anybody. Uh, but I don't know. What else, what else is there to do? Because I feel like it's just like, uh, oh, well, you know, this is this thing, it'll blow over. But um, it's it's so odd, too. I mean, I understand that transportation is a very important thing and that a lot of people use it. But it's like this this car company um, that has made jobs for a lot of people uh, is constantly in the news for being bad, just <laughs> bad. Yes. Well, there was another news item that it's not it's not necessarily <sighs> – let me let me put it this way. Um, I don't look on this news item as a good thing, but other people might say that uh, it's what people need to do to get by. So it's a good thing that they have this opportunity because with if you took this opportunity away from them, they would not be able to uh, ha have this financial situation. But um, and and the thing that I'm alluding to is a is a uh, news item that had come out about uh, the number of uh, drivers who are uh, uh, sleeping. A, sorry, not the number, a number of drivers who are sleeping in their cars uh, and driving uh, from like Fresno uh, or uh, further there uh, from and uh, going to San Francisco for three to four days a week, sleeping in their car, crashing at a friend's place and uh, taking people around on uh, these sort of lucrative subsidies that they have um, where they're trying to pull in enough drivers by giving them incentives. Uh, but that's not enough money that they're put, putting them up in hotel rooms or anything. So they have all of these uh, people who come into town, sleep in their cars or uh, sleep at a friend's house and uh, then drive around for three to four days straight, um, sometimes uh, showering at a friend's or doing like a, the cat bath, um, the, the uh, 
uh, toweling off in a sink or whatever. Uh, and like, th- that's how they get through, um, most of their week and then they go home. Um, and, uh, they have, they have earned, uh, whatever it is. Uh, I believe one of the, the instances of somebody who was traveling from far, far away was that they would earn $1,700 a week by doing this, uh, right. Working three to four days. Um, and, uh, many of the people were like, oh, well, I don't drive when I'm sleepy. Um, and then another person's like, oh, well, uh, it's hard not to drive when you're sleepy because you don't get much sleep when you're in your car sleeping. And it's like, okay, all of this is really comfortable. Um, <laughs> and uh, that that Uber, you know, doesn't have an official company policy against any of this, um, that uh, they they just want people to be responsible and that it's on them. Um, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not personally comfortable um with that but uh right, right like i said i know that many people probably view that as something that empowers them because that's seventeen hundred dollars they're not making through another source uh and they they do get the chance to work three to four uh days a week um like a one comparison was there there was a a, a a man and a wife and the wife would drive into to san francisco while the husband stayed local in the town and they were both um uh she was driving for uber and then he was driving for lyft and he would uh make less money driving around the local town area than she was when she was in the city because the fares are much lower there um and that's uh how they're able to to make that work out um i don't yeah like i said you know, the, the, I don't know how else they were going to make a living if you just sort of take this away from them. So I'm not saying that that should be done, but I do think it's one of those questions you should raise when you're uh, talking about the ramifications of uh, this sort of company and the kind of corporate culture that they have that they're like, yeah, that's fine. Um, where it's like, ah, is it, is it fine? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yes, the, the good thing to do would, be to have this policy in place um but i don't i doubt it would change anything i mean we have a mutual acquaintance who shared their harrowing tale on twitter of being in the car with a drunk uber driver and that like you know i'm sure there i mean there's law against that but i'm sure that there are further policies against that with uh within the company but that doesn't stop um foolish people from being foolish and on more than one occasion i can remember being in the car with a high uber driver um which you know some argue is not the same kind of uh level of impairment however it is a, it is impairment, and therefore I do not want to be driven around by someone who is impaired. Um, but, but it drives so much better when I'm high, man. Blah 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 oh blah blah. No, thank you. No, <laughs> uh, let me out. Let me off this ride out of the Skype call. No, no, uh, no, thank yeah. you. Yeah, all of it is bad. And but what, I guess what I'm saying is, even if there was that in place, I don't know that many people would uh, necessarily listen to that uh, because. They don't follow laws regarding driving, so would they really follow these, you know, these these rules that uh, is set up by Uber? Um, maybe if it meant, I don't know though, because still, if if a person reports an Uber driver as a drunk driver, I'm sure they are likely to get fired, but they still do that, and so you know, because the argument would be, well, 
if they have a policy in place and then you tattle, then they would get fired. Well, it doesn't seem to be enough of a deterrent to a drunk Uber driver or a high Uber driver um, who could also face gigantic fines and possible jail time for actually breaking the law on driving while impaired. So I don't know if it would change much to have those policies. But I, I, at the same time, being laissez-faire and or however anyone wants to pronounce it, my God, um, it's about, about the fr- it's things. about the free market. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, mm, eh, anyway, talks a lot about Uber. More, more liberal hand wringing from us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know. I think we should just uh, close out here on uh, on some words of wisdom um, that uh, people are people, so why should it be? You and I should get along so awfully. So I feel I feel like that's that's the note I would like to end on. It's a very good note to end mm-hmm. on. Um, the note I would end on is I have no note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, it's a uh, it's existential. Um, so uh great there are no <laughs> notes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how many how many how many lights though the, uh three four <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> all right mm-hmm. good 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 talk good talk yay <laughs> oh uber you exhaust me yeah <sighs>